Welcome to Reiki Radio. This is Yolanda, and today we have a special guest. So I am so excited to be here today with Patricia. And Patricia is going to share with us her experiences with Reiki and sound therapy. And she is an intuitive Reiki master teacher in Salt Lake City, Utah. And she also owns the Seeds of Change Holistic Healing and Spiritual Learning Center. And she has an active practice. She leads meditations and Reiki shares, but she's also an empath coach and a recent fellow podcaster. So I can't wait to have her share with you. And Patricia, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hi, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much. I am so honored and privileged to be here with you today. Well, as you know, like I am so excited to talk to you today because we've had an opportunity to connect with each other a lot, actually. (laughs) Yes. I'm so glad that you're coming on to share your story because you're so amazing. And I know you have so many things to share that I'm even really curious about. So, where do we even start with you? Um, One of the first (laughs) things I wanted to ask you... (laughs) Just out of curiosity, how did you find Reiki Radio? Oh, now that's kind of a sad story because I only found you in May. I didn't find you a long time ago like a lot of other listeners. So, um, you know, I'm not actually sure what or how I found you because I didn't, I wasn't really into podcasts. I didn't even really know what they were. I didn't listen to them um, or anything like that. So, it was interesting because I just decided to uh, go onto the podcast app on my iPhone one day and I decided to just search Reiki and I saw several shows come up and yours was one of them. And I started listening and I was hooked from the very first episode that I listened to because <laughs> everything, oh. you're, just such a font, you're such a font of wisdom and it was just wonderful to hear that kind of support and that kind of light that you give to the world. So I thank you for that. It's been wonderful so far. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. I'm glad you found me before the show was over. So that's always good news. And like yeah, we'll talk too. about it a little later. Now people can tune into your show, which I can't wait to share with everyone. But I wanted to start out, as we usually do with guests on the show, just learning some more about you and your journey with Reiki. So how did you even get connected with this technique? What was going on with you? Oh, wow. So I'm still newer to the Reiki world, so to speak. Um, I've only been in it for about three years. And I've always been interested in alternative and self-help type holistic stuff. And um, it's just been something I've been interested in. And where it all kind of came to a head was back in 2011, um, we lost one of our pregnancies. And in the emergency room, sorry, the delivery room, um, after I gave birth to our son, it it was one of the most traumatic, but yet one of the most beautiful experiences I've ever had. Um, you know, because he did die then, but um, the room was filled with so much love and light from the other side. And it was just yeah. humbling to feel that, just to feel it, all the room just filled with angels. So that yeah. kind of sparked an interest in me because um, I knew I had felt that before. I just didn't know that's what it was. And I had felt that all through childhood. I had felt that all through my teenage years. And I just didn't know what that was. But 
on this grand of a scale, it like really got my attention. So right. I kind of connected the dots and thought, you know what, I, there's more to, more to it than this. So I, I want to learn more about this. So that was one thing. The second is um, I suffer from chronic shoulder pain, and I did the whole Western medicine route, did all the physical therapy, the injections, all kinds of stuff, and they just couldn't really help me. So one day I was on the Internet and did a Google search for natural healing modalities, and Reiki kept coming up, and I'm like, what is Reiki? I've heard of it before, but I just didn't know what it was. So I Googled, you know, Reiki teachers in my area, and I found one that just kept coming up over and over and over again, and I was very drawn to her. So what ended up happening was um, I contacted her and took my first Reiki 1 and 2 class with her without even having a Reiki session ever in my life then. And the wonderful thing about that was is so far through that journey, it has really opened up my intuitive abilities. So I feel more connected now to the son that I lost. So it opened up that gateway, that yearning that I kind of put out to the universe that I wanted to be able to connect to my son more after we lost him and the experience that we had in the delivery room. So, yeah, it, it kind of filled a couple of requests of mine, the chronic pain, because I do manage my pain now with Reiki. I don't have to rely on Western medicine for that. So that's a neat thing as well. <laughs> wow, that's really, I mean, amazing, but such a beautiful story. I mean, that's a really beautiful story. And, you know, while you were um, sharing, it just made me think of it's so amazing, like these um, seeds or these, you know, um, just these different events that lead us in the direction of, you know, healing ourselves in so many different ways that we may not have even been considering before, but how, you know, like the obvious pain and these things that come up lead us to healing on all levels. So that's really, really beautiful. So you said this was about three years ago that you started with Reiki? Yeah, so we lost our son a little over five years ago, and it wasn't until about okay. two and a half years later that I found Reiki. So it did take a little bit of a while. Wow. And the reason yeah, for that was yeah. because, yeah, the universe knew I wasn't quite ready for all the stuff that was going to unfold yet. So it did have to take some time. I had to heal on so many levels before I took my first Reiki class. And then everything just kind of exploded from there. And it was neat because when I took my first Reiki 1 and 2 class, I knew without a doubt when I was taking that class that I wanted to take the master level. And in the lineage that we practice, they make you wait six months before you take your master level. And since it's not a virtue of mine, so (laughs) I decided (laughs) I wasn't going to wait the six months, and I ended up taking one of those online master classes that were basically a Reiki master overnight. And after that that class, um, I didn't really feel like I was a master of anything. And so I was like, okay, what do I do now? I, you know, I don't really have the money for the master class right now, and I still am three months away from it. So I had two friends, two friends approach me in the meantime, and they said, hey, you're a Reiki master now, right? You can teach us. And I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> not really. I, <laughs> I can teach anybody at this point. So I just kind of put it out there to the universe that I needed to take this master class, and I didn't have the funds for it. And it was neat how it all worked out because I had quit my job a few months before, and somehow they messed up on my 401K 
So I ended up getting a check in the mail for most of the tuition for the master class after I did that. So I was able to take that class, and it was so neat how after I took that class, um, I had those two friends say, okay, can you teach us now? And I said, sure, I I think I can do that, but it's going to have to wait a few months. There's no way I'm ready for this right now. But they said, well, uh, we have clients. We have some friends that would like to take a class with you too. So it was interesting how a small class formed without my even trying. So I kind of took that as a sign that I needed to teach the class whether I thought it was ready or not. And I really didn't go into this with the idea of wanting to teach Reiki, just my, you know, friends or family or whoever wanted it. And after that first class I taught, it was like a whole spark had been lit inside of me. I felt like this was what I was meant to do. Um, And it was neat just how things have kind of unfolded since then. It's something I actually really, really enjoy. So, yeah, yeah, that's kind of my, some of my Reiki journey. I picked up a couple of other Reiki modalities along the way, but... Yeah, that's where I've been so far and where I am. (laughs) So one of the things um, I know that you shared is that you are a master level in Holy Fire Reiki. I believe that you and I um, took the same um, type of Reiki, the Yasui Tibetan Reiki, but the Holy Fire Reiki, I've not heard much about it. Like over the last few years, I have been curious, but... I know a lot of people aren't that familiar with it. So can you share with us some about Holy Fire Reiki? Yeah, so Holy Fire Reiki is a different or newer modality of Reiki that has come out um, within the last couple of years. It was actually founded by William Rand with the International Center of Reiki Training back in 2014. And when I took my Reiki 1 in class, I didn't even really know what Holy Fire was. I just thought Reiki was Reiki. I didn't know there are all these different modalities out there. So um, in the 1 and 2 class, the Holy Fire energy isn't as relevant in that class because you're not really learning about Holy Fire. That doesn't happen until the master level. But the, the attunement process does involve placing the holy fire energy in the student's field. So that's really the extent of it, but you're not really aware of it as a student. And the holy right. fire energy is, wow, where do I even start? <laughs> it is just a very um, refined, very gentle, loving, soothing energy. And when you get to the master level, you actually get an additional symbol, and that's called the holy fire symbol. And you use that in addition to the Yusui master symbol, the traditional Yusui master symbol. And then you, of course, use your other other symbols that you got in Reiki 1 and 2. So, yeah, of all the three modalities that I have for Reiki, I have to say that I resonate most with the Holy Fire energy. It's just because it seems to heal at a very, very deep level. And it helps you reach states of consciousness that I haven't been able to achieve with um, the other modalities that I learned. So just for me, it's just kind of been what resonates most with me. Um, And I'm a firm believer that you should go with whatever system of Reiki that you're guided to. I don't believe that Holy Fire is right for everybody or any other modality out there. You just kind of have to go with what your inner guidance is telling you um, as to what kind of message you're going to take. Uh, I'm glad you bring that up. I actually, you know, I get emails all the time of people wondering even just what Reiki is and having this curiosity about it and what type to take. 
Um, what do you have any suggestions for people who are curious about learning Reiki or even people who may have just started out like level one practitioners and wanting to know how to strengthen the connection or things like that? Like what are some bits of advice that you typically have for people just starting out? Okay, yeah, that's a great question. So I'll start out with the Reiki level one brand new practitioner. The number one piece of advice that I can give to any of them is to do yourself Reiki and be very diligent in setting up a consistent practice of self-Reiki. I, I can't stress that enough. It is so, so important. And I know so many Reiki practitioners out there who don't do that, and I just think, why are you missing out on so much? Because this is how you get familiar with the energy. This is how you develop a relationship with the energy. And this is how you maintain your physical, emotional, and spiritual bodies. So why wouldn't you want to do it? And really, you don't have to set up a formal practice every day. You know, I choose to, but you can use Reiki in everyday situations and everyday life. And um, so even if you're just sitting there waiting in line somewhere, just put your hands on your solar plexus chakra, put your hands on your lower back, whatever the case may be, you can give yourself self, give yourself Reiki any time of day, no matter where you are at. And most of the time, nobody's going to know what you're even doing. So you don't even need to worry that you're going to look like you're weird or anything to somebody. So yeah, yeah, that would be what I would say for brand new people. I, you, it, it's essential, yeah. essential, and especially for those of us who are highly sensitive or empaths, that is one thing that you just cannot go without. Because um, yes. I'm an empath, and when I don't do my self reiki, it's very rare when I don't do self reiki. But when I don't do it, oh. I'm like a sponge. Everything comes at me. I can't let go of things. It's it, it. My whole world just kind of goes into a tailspin. So, yeah, yes. that's my piece of advice, at least for the Reiki One brand new practitioner. And for those who are new to Reiki, I would say if you're drawn to it, there probably is a reason why you're drawn to it. Most of us don't realize that at the time. We just kind of wonder, you know, what it is or why why we seem like it. it we're drawn to it, right? So um, I I have some tips for those who are new. Um, First would be to try to go get a Reiki session done if you can, if you're interested in Reiki, or go to a Reiki share to try to experience it as well. And to meditate and pray and be guided to the right practitioner is another good thing as well, because once you get out there and figure out you like this modality and want to learn it, it's, it's key to find the right practitioner and the right teacher if you want to learn it. And um, another thing I would suggest is, and it's hard, to avoid the Internet searches for Reiki. I know that's hard because whenever we want to do something <laughs> or start something, <laughs> we, right. we, we want to research it, right? And usually Google is our number one tool. <laughs> Google is our friend right. in most situations. But the interesting thing, when you Google just anything out there, really, you'll find the good and the bad, and then you'll find a lot of the good stuff about Reiki, and you'll find some of the other stuff about Reiki that's not so good. So, again, use your inner guidance. Use your intuition if you decide to do that so that you can know what is right for you. That's so yeah, true. So that's that's much really, really good say. advice. Yeah. That's really good advice because there is so much information out there, and that's one of the reasons I tell people your own practice is so important so you can find out what mm-hmm. is true for you. And, yeah, you're so right about that. Now, one of the things about you and your practice I think is very interesting is the sound therapy element. 
So mm-hmm. how did you get into that that side? Because I know you do tuning forks and the crystal bowls, and do you infuse those with Reiki, or are they separate? How does that work? Yeah, I do. I do infuse them with Reiki, and how I got into it is I'm already a musician anyway, so the concept of sound therapy has always been a huge one in my life because for me, um, a lot of t- my therapy has been when I'm playing my musical instrument, and that just takes me to another world, another place. I leave this reality. It's, so when I got into all this healing modality stuff and Reiki, um, I heard much about the sound therapy and I was very interested in it, and it resonated with me on so many levels just because of my musical background. And um, sound therapy is basically based on the fact that music has the power to heal or to harm us, right? And because I listened to your episode, Yolanda, on that a while ago, and I could not, I was just like, amen, sister, amen, the whole thing, (laughs) because it is so true what you said. So if any listeners haven't listened to that, I highly recommend that episode because it will help you understand a little bit more how music and sound has the power to heal us and to harm us. So, yeah. Um, right. yeah. So if you think about it, the frequencies in music as well as the words and the lyrics have immense power. Um, if you think of like your favorite song that has really neat lyrics to it, it can put you from a bad mood to a good mood almost instantly. So that's the yeah. whole concept and idea behind sound healing is to utilize those healing frequencies in a way that will heal you on a deeper level. And then when you combine that with the healing frequencies of Reiki energy, it is extremely powerful. So I incorporate a full chakra set of tuning forks, a full solfeggio set of tuning forks, a full chakra set of quartz crystal singing bowls and drumming in my my in-person and distant Reiki sessions. And the results I've seen from that are just amazing. They're just wonderful. Um, Yeah, it just, clients love it too because it's like a sound bath for the soul. You just, I find that if you do that, at least for the first five minutes or any Reiki treatment, that it helps the client relax a lot more, especially those who are new to Reiki. They're a little bit stiff at first. (laughs) They just don't yes, know what to expect, so and it's understandable, right? They've never done it. They don't know what to expect. And the sound therapy, within five minutes, they're, like, gone. So it's really neat just to kind of do that with people. And the chakra tuning fork set that I use is based on a harmonic scale of C, D, E, F, G, A, and B. And when you combine um, that with Reiki, so, for instance, a, a basic, basic, session. If anybody out there wants to go buy a set of these tuning forks, you can go on Amazon.com. That's where I got mine. And I would recommend to try to buy the the best set that you can afford because there is a difference in the sound. And if all you can afford are the less expensive ones, that's okay too. Um, but eventually you will want to upgrade. And to just do a basic, basic session with the chakra tuning forks is um, you would just draw whatever Reiki symbol that you are attuned to. Um, so if it's one and two, or if you're at the master level, you can use them all. And just draw those with the tuning forks as you strike them over their corresponding chakra and in their auric level, wow. in their auric field. So um, each tuning fork has its own frequency, and the basis is that when all of our chakras are in balance and aligned and clear, 
they vibrate as a certain frequency. So each of these tuning forks are tuned to that frequency that we would naturally be in. So when we use those in a client's auric field or when we use those in their chakras, it helps bring that chakra back to a state of alignment. So it's just wonderful for not only our chakras and our aura, but emotionally for the client as well. They just love, love, love hearing those beautiful healing sounds. Yeah. And even listening to you talking about it, I'm like, I'm going to have to book one of those sessions with you. Um, I've never had the tuning forks that work done, but I can imagine I have done the, you know, sometimes people have those meditation circles where they use the crystal bowls and that even mm-hmm. you're just gone. Within a few minutes, I'm like, I think I left my body, went to a whole nother uh-huh. room. I don't know what happened. <laughs> it's amazing. Amazing. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, that must be such a beautiful experience to go through that first and then have the Reiki infused in. That sounds really, really cool. So do you yeah. teach this, or is this something that you just do in the session? I do. I teach classes in Salt Lake City. So if you happen to be in the area yeah. or live not too far from the area, I do teach them. Um, I don't teach the original method that I was taught, and the reason for that is because the method that I was taught, you not only learn Reiki 1 and 2 and the master level, all that stuff, but you also learn the tuning fork and tuning forks and all of the um, ideas behind that. So it, I felt it was a little bit too much to teach all of that at once. So I really did yeah. market my towards um, towards people who are already attuned to Reiki so that they only need to learn the um, frequencies and learn what they need to do rather than trying to learn a whole new mentality on top of that. So, yeah, I do teach that right. in Salt Lake City. <laughs> That is really cool. I'm like, well, then maybe one day I'll come up to Salt Lake City. <laughs> that that, or I'll come that to San Diego. Really <laughs> yeah, we'll come to San Diego. Yeah. And then yes. we'll have a circle here, and then people get to experience you here. Actually, we should talk about that offline. Um, that would be really, really cool. So another thing I wanted to ask you about, because over these three years of Reiki Radio, I have talked so much about meditation and the importance of it and the self-connection. And I know that you lead meditations. And um, I wanted to ask you about that, like how you started in with meditation and how it has affected you in in any way like what has your experience been with the practice and how any recommendations you have for people yeah oh wow I'm like where do I even start with that because I started meditating kind (laughs) of a few years ago you know how it is sometimes when you start you just do it here and there you don't really have a consistent schedule and you're not as dedicated or at least most people aren't anyway and I was one of those people who wasn't dedicated in the very beginning. I just kind of did it, you know, when I felt like it. And then I found that my mind would just do this monkey chatter, and I couldn't calm my mind down. And it wasn't until I got into Reiki that that really developed, because a big part of the lineage that I learned was was kind of meditating a little bit. We go through some experiences and things like that, but they... They're actually meditations, but they call them experiences. And that just kind of opened that door even wider for me um, to explore the world of meditation in more depth. And I personally love, love, love (laughs) 
a channel on YouTube mm-hmm. called The Honest Guys. I don't know if anybody um, knows who they are. They have the most yummy British accent. And their, um, their meditation, yeah, if you listen to them, that alone will put you in another world. <laughs> but their and that's The Honest very, Guys? The Honest the Guys. Honest yeah. And a lot right. of their meditations are geared towards beginners, so some of them are really short. So in the very beginning, I would just start with something really short. You don't want to start running a marathon right from the very beginning, right? You need to kind of train right. yourself to get to that point. So that's what I would recommend, at least the Honest Guys, to start. Just start with, you know, maybe one or two of their short videos on there, and it'll just kind of grow from there. But the important thing to remember is just like self-reiki, consistent practice is what's going to get you further with that. So you can't do it like I did in the very beginning once every, what, two or three months and think you're (laughs) progressing because you don't really progress. So, yeah, try to establish a consistent schedule. That's a really good um, tip, and I'm glad that you have something that people can actually connect with and use. Because I think one of the biggest challenges people have is they think they have to just sit by themselves in complete silence and try to silence the mind. And, you know, starting with guided meditations or, you know, certain meditative music can be so helpful. And not just in the beginning. I mean, even though I've been doing it for years, there are days where I just want to listen to a guided meditation, you know. So that's really, right. really good. So you said the Honest Guys, and they are on YouTube? Uh-huh. On YouTube, okay, yeah. Okay, take note of that. <laughs> that's a really, really <laughs> good one. Now, yeah. I know that you're oh, in the past, and I wanted to ask mm-hmm. you about that because that's so, so huge. I mean, so many people that find themselves seeking Reiki or doing this type of work, you know, very often they are very, very sensitive to energies. So how did you even come to know that you were an empath and what was your journey with that? Oh, yeah. I Wow, that happened probably about four years ago. So it was like a year after we had lost our son. And I had heard of a very gifted psychic medium in our area who would help people connect with their loved ones. And because I was still kind of in a state of grief and sorrow and pain and all of that, I wasn't really able to feel his energy around me. And I wanted to connect Mm -hmm. with him more. So I went to him. And during the reading, he said I was an empath. And I said, what? What's an empath? He said, well, you know, that's kind of a long topic. So if you have a chance, go to Google. Google is our friend, right? (laughs) Right. And Google empath. (laughs) So I did, and it made so much sense to me. All the little different quizzes that are out there, all the different descriptions of empaths, almost every single one of them fit me to a T. And it was like a light bulb came on because I I had felt I was so different and weird my whole life. I never really have quite fit in with the crowd. <laughs> So right. reading all this stuff and knowing that, you know, hey, there are other people out there like this, you're not alone, was so empowering. Yeah. It actually took me to a place of empowerment instead of disempowerment because a lot of times before we know all this stuff, we're very disempowered. We don't know how to control yeah. or manage the energies that come our way, and we don't even realize that half the time. Right. So, yeah, that's how I found out what an empath was. I did a ton of research on it. I've done a lot of work on myself to develop my intuitive abilities and make sense of the energies I'm feeling and what to do with them, how to clear them out when they're not yours. 
I mean, the list is endless, but it's been an amazing experience because you get to a place, like I was saying first, you might be a little disempowered in the beginning, but when you get to the place where you're actually empowered, you are able to use your gifts to help others more effectively. And that's what I have found is that That the reason we are this way, right, the reason we are this way is the reason we are wired this way, the reason we are even here is because we are given those sensibilities so that we can help people on a more effective level. Yes, yes. And I think one of the biggest challenges for a lot of empaths, I mean, it goes in so many different ways. Part of it is that being uncomfortable with, you know, not knowing what to do to with your sensitivity to energies, but also of empaths unconsciously are taking on so many energies of other people because they want to help mm-hmm. and they want to help people heal and they want to do all mm-hmm. of these things, not realizing mm-hmm. how damaging it can be to their field, you know, walking around with all right. else's stuff and not being very clear about their own. So I think um, Reiki for me was, you know, one of those gifts that, I am so thankful for and starting to finally realize like, oh, all this stuff isn't mine and I can actually manage this. And mm-hmm. just like you said, <laughs> seeing the gift of having that sensitivity is so, so huge. Now, one of the yeah. um, other things I want to talk to you about, because I'm so excited about this with you, and this has been coming up a lot. Um, so many listeners have been, you know, sending emails and reaching out because the show is ending and a lot of them have um, been talking about wanting to share their voice, but, you know, we, a lot of us sometimes have some fears about sharing our voice and putting ourselves out there. And I know that you have a podcast now, Real uh-huh. Reiki Real mm-hmm. Life. So um, mm-hmm. actually, I just want to tell everyone right now, make a note of that. It's called Real Reiki Real Life, and you can even go to that website, realreikirealife.com and learn more about Patricia's podcast and start tuning in. How did you start um, with a podcast? But even more, I want to know, was it easy for you to just say, hey, I'm going to get out there, and if you had any challenges, what tips would you have for people around that and sharing their voice? Oh, wow. Yeah, so first off, I never, ever in a million years thought that I would be doing that. I am a natural yeah. introvert. Um, I can be introvert. Or I'm sorry. Um, I, I can be, um, what's the word? My mind just went blank. blank. Um, I can be um, <laughs> extroverted, thank you, <laughs> when I need to be. But I'm mostly introverted, right. and I don't like the limelight. I don't like any any kind of attention put on me. And that's how I've been my whole life. I'm just more content to sit in the shadows and, and kind of observe. So, it it was neat because you, Yolanda, gave me that distant Reiki session. And when you were talking to me about what you had picked up on, you said, you know, I kind of sensed or saw that you would be sharing your voice in a totally different way. And um, I was like, what? <laughs> no, 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 what? <laughs> what is she talking about? No, 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 no. So, but interestingly, um, there was a voice in my head that was telling me, yes. And I was like, wait a minute. And I knew that was my spiritual guidance, kind of confirming what you were telling me. And it was kind of neat that it came out that way because I had been feeling stuck in my local Reiki practice. 
um, I've yeah. kind of been putting my plea out to the universe asking for some kind of guidance on where I can take my, my practice because I was just feeling stuck. And so when you yes. mentioned that, it was like there was half of me going, no, 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 no. And then the other half of me is like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, so I was like, all right. And it was so neat because it was like it, it unleashed a whole wave of knowing that this is what I needed to do. And I never in a million yeah. years, again, would have had that without you. So I thank you for sharing your gift in that area because if it weren't for you, I wouldn't be on this path right now. I don't believe I would. I think they had to use somebody like you to tell me and get my attention because <laughs> I wouldn't have listened to it otherwise. <laughs> so That's so yeah, funny. And, yeah, so it's just been an amazing, wonderful ride so far. And I would say in the beginning, um, it will bring up some issues, things that maybe you haven't completely healed. And for me, some of them were, um, you know, just my own personal stuff that came to the surface. And yeah. in other ways, it can also rock the boat with other people that you deal with. They may feel a little discomfort mm-hmm. when you start your, and, and that's okay. It's just because you need to release what is no longer serving you so that you can move forward into your path and so that you can grow. And when you have people that are holding you back with that, you have to make that choice. Okay, what am I going to do? Am I going to hang on to this or am I going to move forward? So that was something that I had to do as well as I had to make that choice that, well, you know what, I'm going to move forward. I know this is what I need to do. So yeah, it's, it's been me. It's been wonderful. And I'm so excited to be able to share my voice in that way because Every single one of us, no matter who we are, have experiences to share with the world. We've all been through yes. stuff, right? We've all worked on healing ourselves. And the thing is, when we accept this calling to be healers, it's, it's like the universe says, okay, well, then now we're going to bring up all the stuff that you need to heal. <laughs> right. No There's no shoving it under the carpet and pretending it's not there anymore. So that's kind of, uh, you know, when you go through that journey and you learn, and a lot of people, especially me, I should speak for myself only on this, I'm a stubborn one, and I kind of have to learn through painful experiences. So, you know, when we do learn that, though, that puts us in the perfect position to help other people who are maybe going through the same thing or maybe going through maybe something a little bit different um, because, You know, when you've been there, when you hit rock bottom, when you've been in a world of pain and sorrow and sadness for a long, long time and you've climbed out of that, it puts that desire in your heart to help other people regardless of what they're going through. And it kind of helps you release any judgments you may have felt for people's pain too. Um, It's just so strange how when we go through our life trials, when we go through those kinds of situations, how it kind of humbles us as people. Mm-hmm. Listening to you now, and I mean, just in the last, you know, 30 minutes or so, listening to your story, and we're only getting like a snapshot of you and your story. And I'm just listening, thinking like, wow, look at all of this information that she has to share and like so many stories. And I think it's exactly what you said. So many of us, I mean, we all do. We've all been through things and we all have stories that can help other people through Mm -hmm. the experiences that we've had and what has helped us and all of these things. But Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us get stuck in that, well, no one's going to want to hear my story or nobody's going to want to connect with me. And it's like, 
but really Mm -hmm. we're all here together right now. And I'm so glad that you've started your podcast because one of the things I know when I started Reiki Radio, there weren't very many Reiki podcasts at all. I think there may have been one or two, but Mm -hmm. we need to spread this information. And it is so beneficial to all of us to know that we have support and resources and people we can connect with who understand what we're going through and you know, all the shifts and changes and the healing, everything that goes on is just a lot of times we can't talk to the people closest to us because they're like, what are you talking about? What's yep. going on with you? <laughs> yeah, so yep. it's beautiful <laughs> that you have, you know, you're stepping out and sharing in the ways that you are now. I mean, it's so powerful. And that's the thing. I think if people just thought about how impactful and how helpful we can be just by sharing, just by listening to each other. It doesn't even take, mm-hmm. you know, just listening yeah, and being and, there for yeah. each other. Yeah, and you never know. You never know what you have to share. You never know how that's going to help somebody else. You never know if there's somebody right. else that needs to hear your story, even if it's not the same thing that they're going through. Whatever you have to right. do might be the missing puzzle piece that they've trying, been trying to put together for a long time. So that's why I'm so passionate about that subject because if none of us talked, if none of us shared what we've been through, then who's going to get help, right? Nobody's sharing anything. Right. Everybody's stuck in this state of feeling they're alone and they're stuck in pain. And for me, I found, too, sharing my story as I've gone through some of my journeys has been very healing, too. Um, so not yeah. only is it something that you that if you feel like you're still healing from, please share that too because you know that in itself sharing is going to heal you even more. And I think that is one of the things I really admire so much about you. I mean, you have shared your story with me, but even sharing you know a piece of it today with everyone listening, I think that takes so much strength. And again, you know, there are a lot of people who are going through certain types of hurt and think that they have to deal with it alone or think people won't understand or that type of thing. So you having that love and compassion and really courage to share yourself and say, yeah, this is what I went through and it hurt. And this is how I'm healing and growing through it. I mean, that's so, so helpful. It's just powerful, mm-hmm. and I, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for, you know, I always say my teachers and everyone I've met on my journey, mm-hmm. I mean, friends, everybody. We have right, so many right. teachers and support surrounding us all the time. So it's really yes. cool. So can you tell us some about your podcast? What can we expect, and how can we find it? Okay, yeah. So I am currently on iTunes, and I'm also on Google Play or Android. So most people like to listen on their devices maybe when they're in um, like yeah. commuting to and from work or whatever, or if you're at the gym, whatever the case may be. So you can find me there, or you can just go to my website, realreikireallife.com, and then click on the little link that will take you to just listening to all of the episodes from a PC. So um, I forgot the other part of that question. What was <laughs> the other part of that question? <laughs> What are you going to be sharing on this podcast? Is it just Thank about Reiki you. or are you sharing, like, all different things, you know, problems? Yeah, so it's not just Reiki, although I will talk a lot about Reiki, but it's geared more towards 
um, helping those who are tuned to Reiki, but those who are not, who might be interested in it. So I cover all topics, really. I cover Reiki. I cover all topics of spirituality, self-help, self-empowerment. Um, so, yeah, so you can you can tune in even if you are not a Reiki practitioner and still get something from my podcast because I do focus on a wide range of topics. And I also will be having guests on my show as well, and I would love to hear from anybody out there who um, has a story to tell as well or has a modality that they specialize in. So, Yeah, that's really, really cool. And um, one of the things, too, I just want to let everyone know as well, I know you recommended The Honest Guys, but I know that you have some pretty powerful meditations on your podcast as well that even support episodes that you've done, which is, I think, very, very cool. So if you're looking for meditations, too. Thank you so much for bringing the, the meditations up because that was another thing I had forgotten about my podcast is I did notice that there are a lot of Reiki practitioners in the very beginning who think they're doing their self-Reiki wrong. And I don't know where that comes right. from, but they somehow get into that, that frame of mind that they're doing their self-Reiki wrong. And some, and I know a lot of it is just building confidence from the very beginning. It's a new modality, a new gift that you're tapping into. So sometimes it just t- takes a little bit of practice and experience to build that self-confidence. But in the beginning to get there, um, I put together a couple of self, uh, I'm sorry, uh, guided meditations for Reiki practitioners. So we do use Reiki in those in those meditations with the Reiki symbols. And if you're not attuned to Reiki, you can still use them. I just kind of tell you in the podcast or the meditation uh, where you wouldn't use the symbols. You just ignore the symbols part. So, yeah, I did that because there really isn't a whole lot out there for new Reiki practitioners. And I wanted a a way to support my students as well after they take my class. I could say, hey, you need to check out this podcast episode on self-Reiki so that you can get into that routine of self-Reiki and build that confidence that you need. So that's just a tool to support mostly newer people and hopefully even the seasoned ones who for whatever reason have gone out of the habit of self-Reiki. That's to help them develop that confidence again. So it's pretty much for anybody at any level, whether you're Reiki or not. That's a really good, um, you know, it's going to say tool, but it's great to have that information available. And even you saying that, you know, it's popping in that it'll be so beneficial even for people who have been um, attuned to master level because, you know, as we know, our personal practice really is what helps us to grow in this technique and any technique and mm-hmm. meditation, whatever you do, your practice is everything. And I know there are some people who have reached out that they've done their master level training, but they're like, like how you were saying before, like, am I ready? Can I teach? Can I do these things? So it's nice to have, you know, someone who has done the work and is going through different processes and sharing the tools that have helped them. Because, again, mm-hmm. you know, after class, we don't always have someone we can reach out to to say, hey, how did you do this and what has worked for you? So that's that's really beautiful that you're doing that on your show. Yes, it, and that's why I decided to do that for that same same reason that you mentioned. I just noticed that there's a lot of recurring themes amongst either new Reiki practitioners and even seasoned ones. So those right. are the topics that I like to address a lot are those recurring themes of what those might be for people. So it's just to help them get back on track 
if they've lost that or if they've lost that connection somehow or, you know, because life happens sometimes for whatever reason people don't practice. And it's just to help reconnect them back to that. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. And then um, I know that earlier we talked a little bit about your Reiki and the sessions, but you do distant sessions for um, the Holy Fire Reiki as well as the sound therapy. What type of sessions can people connect with you for? Yeah, thank you. That is a great question. I do distant healing, and I pretty much do everything in a distant healing session that I do in an in-person session, even the sound therapy. And I know people kind of think, well, how beneficial is that because I'm not there to hear the sound? Um, It is beneficial because we are actually connecting to that person's energetic field when we're doing um, distant Reiki, right? So, right. When we do the sound therapy, they, their physical ears may not be hearing that, but their spiritual ears are, and that is the big mm. difference. They're going to feel it, maybe not on a conscious level, but on a more subconscious level. So I have found when I do the sound healing, even in my distant sessions, they're just as powerful as the in-person ones. So that's what I do. I'll do drumming, I whatever I feel guided to do, really, because there really isn't any Reiki session that's exactly like they're all different and different right. because we're, we're guided to do certain things during them. Sometimes I won't even use sound therapy if I don't feel guided to do that for whatever reason. So, But a typical session would most likely consist of the sound therapy, you know, the drumming, the, the crystal quartz, singing bowls, the chakra forks, the solfeggio tuning forks, I mean, the whole bit. So, yeah, it, that's that's wonderful that you brought that up because a lot of people ask me that, well, how does that work with the distance sessions? And it's just really the same exact yeah. concept. Yeah. Well, it's really cool. I'm glad one of the things you just brought up too, that every session can be different and we go with how we're guided because I know a mm-hmm. lot of people, especially when they're just beginning one session, you know, they saw these bells and whistles and rainbows and then they work in <laughs> the next session and they're like, um, it wasn't quite the same. So do you have a bit of advice for, again, maybe people who are just starting and um, that, like, every session not being the same and what to do about that? Like, what advice do you have for them around that coming up? Yeah, that's a great question because it is true, especially in the beginning when they're building their their self-confidence in this this wonderful gift. uh, It's hard for them to feel like they're doing it right. So I always right. tell, um, and there's no right or wrong way to do Reiki. I always drum that into their head. But still, there's, you know, yes. I understand it's brand new and, you know, they're trying to figure things out. And especially for those who are new at following their intuition, that can be a little bit of a challenge sometimes. So what I would say mm-hmm. is those people who have a hard time with following their intuition in the very beginning because it's brand new for them, is to at least follow the 12 hand positions that are outlined pretty much in every Reiki manual out there and every Reiki class out there. Yeah. At least go with that to start with to build your foundation. The important thing is you want to build that foundation first. And then you can start right. building your house how you are guided to build your Reiki house. That's what I call it, the Reiki house. <laughs> because I you know, love my it. Reiki house. Yeah, you know, I, I go with what I'm guided to do. So my Reiki house probably looks different than yours does, Yolanda, or anybody else's because we're all following our guidance. So for the right. newer students, that's what I would recommend. And also try to get out to the Reiki shares. That is important because you can also look around and see what other people are doing and be inspired by some of the methods they are using. 
um, because there are also other energy healing techniques that you can incorporate into your Reiki as well. And sometimes you won't yes. know what those are until you can see how they're done. So that would be another thing. Get out to the Reiki share. Get experience. And I know for me in the beginning, I had a hard time finding people to practice on because I come from a family that's not really open to this. And some of my friends at the time were not very open to this. So for me, going to the Reiki shares and doing myself Reiki was how I got uh, experienced with the energy. So for those who maybe don't have people to practice on in the beginning, I would say at least do those things because you can at least do those things. Um, one thing you can also do is uh, I know a lot of cities out there have Reiki shares. If you go to meetup.com, I'm actually the leader of the Salt Lake City Meetup one. So anybody in the Salt Lake area, if you want to come to my Reiki share, I'd love to have you. Uh, I do host those monthly. But you'll also find other Reiki shares out there too. And just go to meetup.com and that's a great way to find any Reiki shares in your area. That is such great advice. And I love, um, I have to say one of the things I love about you too is how inclusive you are with all of this. Because a, a lot of people, too, can have a bit of confusion because there are different ideas and practices in the Reiki community, and some aren't as um, open to different types of Reiki or different types of, mm-hmm. you know, techniques and all of these things. So I think it is so beautiful that you are so inclusive and so welcoming and, you know, encouraging people to really trust their guidance and trust how the energy is guiding them and working with them because it does help to people to step out of that doubt and not thinking mm-hmm. that it has to work for them the same way it works for someone else and that they have to model themselves after someone else. It's like, no, you are such a beautiful, unique being, and we all have these journeys that are similar, but we're guided differently for our own reasons and lessons and gifts and all of these things. So that's really exactly. beautiful, and I hope that if people are in Salt Lake that they will reach out to you. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up, Yolanda, because that is another thing that is so important, so, so important, and I also drum this into my students' head, is that no one Reiki modality is better than any other out there. It is not, and it's so, so important for all of us Reiki practitioners, all of us light workers, to have this spirit of unification rather than divisiveness. And so if we're out there, you know, looking at other modalities and not wanting to um, be open-minded to them or include them, that's going to invite that spirit of divisiveness. And that's not really what we're all about, right? We're here to uplift and inspire each other. And that can't happen if we're going to bring that kind of energy into it. So I always, always, you know, tell my students, even if you feel guided to learn another Reiki modality, modality, please do so. You need to follow your guidance regarding that. This may not be the only right. breaking modality for you. There may be other ones out there that the universe wants you to learn for whatever reason, for your own healing spiritual journey. So yes, I, I just, yeah, open the doors wide open to anybody and everybody, no matter what their <laughs> lineage is, no matter what their their modality is, everybody is welcome. So thank you for bringing that, that up. That is so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I completely agree. <laughs> Yeah, I am too, because I really think another benefit of that is that's how we evolve. You know, it's like, you know, when we allow ourselves to be open and to be guided and share with each other, like we really evolve in our practice. I mean, I think 
back to, I mean, Nathan, you can think back, I'm sure, three years ago when you first started from your first class to how you're working with energy now, it's so different. And imagine if you limited yourself and, you know, mm-hmm. just how yeah. beautifully you've been able to expand because of the things that you've allowed yourself to go out there and learn and implement and integrate and try. Like, you know, I just think it's very important for all of us to learn to trust ourselves and be um, very accepting of what we feel called mm-hmm. to do. Exactly. That is huge, huge, huge. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you there. <laughs> <laughs> You're preaching to the choir, sister. Right? You know, it's so funny. I'm looking at the clock. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. The show's going to end in a few minutes. This hour flew by. Like, it literally, <laughs> I can't believe we've been talking for almost an hour. And you are just such a beautiful light. And it just, like, beams all through you. And your voice and your sharing, and oh, I'm so man. excited again. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm like tomato red over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm as white as they come, so tomato red is pretty big. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so true. I have to say, you know, like, it's really true. I mean, listening to you today, I'm like, I am so glad that you have decided to extend and share yourself through the podcast arena so that more people can really connect with your light and receive some useful information and be inspired and you know I I just I'm so thankful that you did that but because you know I'm going to tune in too and learn something so I'm looking forward to it Mm -hmm. but I really appreciate you coming on today to share your story and the work that you do and to give some advice to help the listeners out there that are just starting on their path I really appreciate that well thank you Yolanda and again thank you so much for having me here it's been an honor it's been a privilege and such a pleasure just to connect with you and to be able to connect to your audience out there. And and we knew it would go to the hour, right? <laughs> right. So kind of like, you're right. It's like, oh, my goodness, it already is an hour. <laughs> Where did the time go? But we kind of knew that. So it can't be right. too much of a surprise, but it is. So, <laughs> but yes, thank you again, Yolanda. I enjoyed myself immensely, and I can't thank you enough for this, this wonderful experience of being on your show. Oh, honey, you are so welcome. And I know that you and I are absolutely going to stay in touch. So I'm also thankful Mm -hmm. for that. And, you know, we wouldn't be here together if it weren't for Reiki Radio. So, again, I think it's so important for us to get our voices out there and connect with each other because we never know the connections we're going to make in these lifelong friendships and bonds. And it's just Mm -hmm. a beautiful thing. So thank you again. Yes. Yes, thank you, and you have a wonderful rest of your day, everybody, and same with you, Yolanda. You're welcome. Thank you. (laughs) And I just want to say to everyone, um, you know, thank you so much for tuning in to Reiki Radio again over these last three years, and I am truly appreciative to all of you who have reached out and are planning to come on the show and share your stories And again, if you want to connect with Patricia, and I really recommend you tune into her show because, again, she's so full of information and a beautiful light, you go to Real Reiki, Real Life, 
reiki.com. That's realreiki, reallife.com. And if you have any questions about me or the work that I'm doing, be sure to hop over to my website, uchi.com. I will speak to you all again next week. We'll have another guest, and I am so thankful for your presence. Remember to always journey in love.